0: Hey guys, welcome to the well, uh, Owning Wilderness Life Skills Podcast. Uh, I'm Bear. And I'm Trent. And we're excited to talk to you guys today. Trent, this is awesome, man. Excited to start this podcast with you, um, especially starting this wilderness survival school up here in Estes. Yeah, I, we've talked about it
1: for its. More like months now, and actually getting the first steps out there
0: and getting started. Like, absolutely. This is exciting. Yeah, man, I love this stuff. What's (laughs) best about this band is getting to share, you know, all this lifetime of experiences with folks who are passionate about being outside the wild and they just, you know, don't want to (laughs) die. Worst case scenario. Well, yeah, it's, I mean, it's great
1: getting to share this with people who actually want to learn it after spending my whole life learning these skills, I thought would only be useful if the zombie apocalypse
0: happened. Well, there's so. still hope for that. Well, okay, yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, we are, are. <laughs> we are facing some pretty nasty stuff right now in the world. I mean, especially with what's going on overseas. Uh, I mean, the climate of our country. Things are nuts, man. I mean, it's... I mean, for instance, I mean, an SHTF situation, I feel like it's just around the corner. Yeah, I mean, I can't
1: say you're wrong. I feel the same way, and... There is a part of me that already wanted to go just live in the woods away from society. And it's getting harder
0: and harder to be in collective areas now. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's why the mountains call. Getting out into the wilderness, getting out into the trees, because I'm telling you, the cities are just rough. And surviving in the city is a completely different skill set than living out in the wild. That's true. And the best part about the hills... There's no traffic. Yeah, there's no traffic, man. I mean, occasionally, we do get the elk, that can get in the roads, you know, and we got to stop. And especially people that just don't know to drive around the damn things. They got to stop, get out with their cameras, take pictures. Oh, yeah, of course.
1: But, you know, I don't blame them. But no, I'm talking off-road, up where you're surviving, there's no roads. There's no traffic. That's there's right. There's no, nothing, like, you're only worried about what you need and what you can do.
0: Yeah. That's it. Well, you know, I, I think I want to share with the listeners here about, you know, what, what it is like learning wilderness survival, because I think that a lot of people, when they hear wilderness survival, they, they, they think one of two things. One, you know, they're thinking like, Oh, I could go out with my buck knife and my tomahawk and I could live the rest of my life out in the woods, you know? And then there's other folks that understand that wilderness survival skills are about surviving hard and dangerous situations Long enough to get rescued or, or to get out.
1: Yeah, and I mean, those two people are also generally thinking about two different situations. The survival scenario, where there's an accident or a reason why you're not wanting to be where you are or you didn't plan on being there and you are surviving to get rescued, like you said. But there are people who literally want the scenario where they decide to go into the woods and survive with their buck knife and
0: i mean we've tried things like that oh yeah so we can't say oh i've lived wrong, out there
1: man but because
0: i've had those rough moments in my life <laughs> yeah. where the only thing i could do was go to the wilderness to get the hell away yeah you know yeah i mean it's just sometimes you have got to do it and that's where training comes in right because yeah we want to you can't just be an arm you know a youtube armchair captain like you know, i can call <laughs> him right or like oh man i, I watch these videos i can go out and bow drill right away like no it takes it <laughs> takes time and skill It's
1: not easy. I mean, I've been in the situations where I thought I knew things and I've come out of the woods 10, 15 pounds lighter, you know, like, and exhausted and can barely make it to my vehicle, stuff like that. So having the skills before you go out is a big deal because learning them through trial and error is really difficult. Most of these skills, groups of people had thousands of years of sharing knowledge to develop them. One dude in two weeks is going
0: to get real hungry. Oh, real damn hungry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, or prioritize their survival <laughs> priorities wrong. Oh, you know, of course. Because hunger is one of those things where you're out there, and I, I know from having been in real-life live-or-die situations in the wild, that you know, when you're hungry, if you're not used to that or prepared for that uh, mentally, the psychology of uh, you're prioritizing the tasks at hand, mm-hmm. man, uh, someone who's new to this they're going to go out there and if they're hungry, they're going to push everything else aside and waste all kinds of valuable time trying to find food.
1: The mental impact of not understanding like your body's limits and having it pushed near those limits is unbelievable. You, until you experience you you don't know what it's like. Yeah. And everything in your brain focuses on what you're feeling at that moment rather than like, oh, I know I can do this but this is the priority. So I'll take care of that feeling. I'm I'm going to be hungry and uncomfortable, but that's okay. Yeah. You know, like I'll handle that. But until you have felt that and understand that it's okay to feel like that and you can be hungry and still be fine. Um, it's, it's hard to deal with or understand
0: how you're going to deal with it. Oh, it absolutely sucks. And you know, that's, that's one of the things like, I want people to understand that, you know, you need food. You definitely need food. But there are so many other things that have to be handled and taken care of before you start working on that food. It is, I mean, it's literally one of the last things that I focus on. I mean, I have gone, you know, five days no food, starving up in the forests of the Pacific Northwest. And the only thing I had was a really damn good source of water. I had a good shelter and I had a reliable fire. Um, But, you know, those things didn't come easily either. Those things take practice, you know. None of it comes easy. Yeah. And so that's what I always want people to understand is that you can't, you've got to practice these things when you're not in a survival situation. Um, And you almost have to build these environments that are safe. You know, you go out and practice (laughs) it. Go out, practice your skills when you are hungry, right? Yeah. I mean, go out and do it when you're suffering a little bit. But, you know, you got to learn the basics first. And that's usually done in comfort. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's <laughs> yeah. true. That's true.
1: It's hard to teach somebody, like, how to prioritize things in a classroom where they just had a snack out of the vending machine outside. Yeah. You know, and then they go out in the woods and they're like... Man, I got taught this, but why can't I remember any of it? Why am I just thinking about food? Why yeah. like why am I so focused on building a bow? Oh, that's because I skipped over the part in the book where they said to build traps and that's much more efficient, or to go fishing
0: or something like that yep. for food. But and those things have to wait. They have gotta wait to. till they you're set up yeah. and you're you're safe. You know, the one thing that is I find the most important, man, and this is one thing we share in common, is that we have extremely positive outlooks um, in life and that is the mental mindset of survival is positivity it's it's staying positive in the face of adversity um because man shit's hard okay (laughs) and when you're out there guess what you're gonna fail you're gonna fuck up you're gonna make mistakes and um and if you can't get over those things and learn from them and still maintain positivity you're gonna get eaten up alive
1: oh and the one of the worst habits to have, and all of my friends had it, and I did it all the time as a kid growing up, is lawyering. I would get myself in a crappy situation because I was a little bit of a jerk sometimes.
0: Um, but uh, then I'd talk my way out of it. <laughs> Some of my situations came from the same thing. No, exactly. Yeah. I pissed off the people I was with, and all of a sudden, here I am alone. Mind you, this might have been 25 years ago, but yeah, yeah. I'm not going to lie. But I feel that. Out in the woods, those trees,
1: the animals you're trying to hunt the water you're trying to find doesn't care. You can't talk your way into anything. So that's why what you're saying rings so true. You have to practice these skills so you're competent in these skills when you need these skills. It's yeah. too
0: late to practice them when you're out there because the woods don't care and it's not gonna help. Yeah, you know, and that's, that's the thing too is you gotta understand, you, you can't, there's states of mind, right, where you, people get into the state of denial that they that they need to do these certain things or that they believe that their skill set might be a little more than their actual physical practice skill set. And so when they do fail or they're in a situation that seems dire, they'll sit, they'll stop, and they'll start ruminating on the issue. Dangerous. Dangerous, man. Action is a lot more important
1: than thinking, especially when you're uncomfortable. Because so many of us tend to overthink. You need that initial, I'm still not hungry, I'm still not thirsty, I prioritize, and then just action, 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 action after that. Just follow your plan. Yeah. Because your brain I mean, your thought process is gonna go downhill yeah. over time. As, especially as you're getting
0: getting hungry, getting thirsty, especially getting thirsty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the water's the big key. You know, and when you are in those situations, it's not like and here's the problem. Human beings, we live in this world where we're just comfortable, right? Back at home, you're comfortable. you got your clothing that fits you. You can go put on the clothing that you need for the weather. you got your food in the fridge. You can sit down, watch your TV, turn your heater on. you got a heater. you got yeah. a heater, right? Yeah. And you're good to go. And uh, to be honest, man, life, civilized life is easy. It's yeah. easy. I mean, there's hard things, too. I'm not, I'm not trying to put down the hard things of civilized life. But I'm saying compared to surviving in the wilderness... It's a cakewalk. Yeah. I mean, I can sit right here and record this podcast with you, and I'm comfortable. I'm sitting in a chair. I'm toasty. It's warm in here. Yeah. I'm having a great time. My
1: dog's right there. It's, like, it's warm. We got a computer sitting in front of us, technology, all the knowledge we could want. We have any questions. Like, we got answers right there.
0: So, it's, Yeah. Oh, by the way, Trent, why don't you introduce your dog to everybody? Because she might, she might speak up
1: eventually. She might speak up or you might hear her ripping ass because she does that a lot. Her name's Lady. She's a wire haired, a German wire haired pointer. Um, Got her in Iowa and we did and just an insane amount of bird hunting. But,
0: uh, well, she's been living with me for what, a week and a half now. Yeah. And hanging out with my kids. Um, I can't believe how sweet tempered that dog is Um, because my youngest, you know, he's, <laughs> little, little little less than two years old little 19 month old and he's been doing everything from trying to milk her tail to you know <laughs> smacking her in the face and she just kind of looks at her like are you kidding me kid Yep, pretty much yeah i mean totally she, safe.
1: she prefers to play rough but if it's not something her size yeah she's like ah eh, yeah i don't want to hurt you, you
0: Well, know? you know what i like about lady is having spent time with you in the wild with lady um she's trustworthy yeah, and having her run around camp she alerts us to stuff you know she's and she's smart She's a oh, smart yeah.
1: dog. She's too smart for her own good because she also recognizes when someone's like, oh, you're so cute, and I'm not going to impose any rules because you're a cute dog. And then yeah. they can, she can get food from them and stuff like that. Yeah. But, yeah, she's a good
0: dog. Yep, she's a good dog. We're, we're digressing a little bit. Basically, what we're talking about here is I, I kind of want to point out that you've got to be willing to go out and you've got to do the hard things when you don't want to because in the wild, in survival situations, <coughs> man— in the, uh, and maybe we'll get into this later and we can talk about, you know, times where we've had individual situations where, um, you know, it was do or die in the wild. Um, and you have to be willing to do the hard shit you know, I mean, I've eaten bugs that I just would never choose to eat sitting here in this room right now. I'd never oh. do it. You put a grub in front of me right now, I'm going to say, oh, that looks great. Thanks. And I'm going to throw it in the trash. Exactly. But you get, make me hungry, you know, or I'm out there in a survival situation. I come across a, 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 you know, a top, a target of opportunity, like a piece of grub in a broken log. I'm going to eat that damn thing.
1: Something I noticed is when you are real hungry, not just the the broad variety of things you will then eat because you're hungry. They actually begin to, like, their weird little smells from being in these rotted out logs, they start to smell good. They you. do. It's like the truth. It man. smells like it good is the food. truth. And yeah. you smell one two weeks later after you've been back and you've been eating food and everything. You're like, oh, that smells disgusting. Yeah. Who would ever do that? Well, two weeks ago, I was jumping on them because they smelled like oh, yeah.
0: Doritos to me for some reason. Yeah. Or you you know? know, I hate eating crickets, but I've had to do that multiple times. And, you know, I, I, so I'm a river guide in the summertime, guys. So this is one of the things that I do. Um, you know, love being outside, so spending time on the river, being a river man, that's one of the great things about being in Colorado. But, uh, you know, you're out there, and those damn caddisflies are everywhere. I got no problem popping mowing in my mouth just to freak <laughs> out the kids on the raft. But, you know, you got to be willing to do that. you got to be willing to eat, you know, and, you know, put out the effort to do the stuff you got to do. You've got to build your shelter, and it's got to be ready for the environment. You, you're going to have to gather water, and you're going to have to find a way to make that safe to drink. You know, we'll be willing to drink water that's just brackish and nasty, yeah, you know, yeah, I and mean, yeah. I've had to do that, too, and it's... Not a fan. I, Not yeah, a fan. Well, and that's, folks, why we have methods, and I love teaching people how to make water look clear, because it's a mental thing when you're drinking <laughs> clear water. Yeah, it oh, yes. Yeah. When you can see to the bottom of whatever you're drinking it out of, or see to your
1: palm while you're drinking it, it... It just, it's a comfort thing. Mm -hmm. And there's not much comfort out there. (laughs) No, It's a comfort thing. Well, and that's why be okay
0: with being uncomfortable.
1: Well, and that leads right into like, we're saying, oh, you need these skills. You need to practice these skills. It's going to be hard. You don't understand. But that's also the appeal to us still going out there after all these years. The reason we want to teach people these skills, the reason people want to go out there, even when you know the skills, they're going to be hard to do. When you learn how to bow drill a fire, bust a flame, there's going to be cold. Your fingers are freezing. You're going to hit your knuckles. You're going to bleed. You're going to bleed. At some point, your board's going to get wet, or you won't be able to find any dry tinder anywhere near you. It's hard. So succeeding at this is so much more rewarding than your normal life, where you just have to talk your way into something. Or you just have to do it. Even though you're comfortable and you're not motivated, all you have to do is get in the chair, get out of your bed put scroll on your phone, sit in your chair at your computer and do it. And then you succeed at things out in the woods. You got to move. Yeah. You You got to do them. You got to make them work.
0: And it is so unbelievably rewarding. Oh, it's best. I mean, and we're talking about in survival, you're meeting your basic human needs in manners that are just not common in basic life for us nowadays you know we, it's all our needs are met man when I go to bed with my wife I'm sleeping in a big king-sized bed I'm comfortable you know it's it's those things that are there that are already been taken care of and that's what's nice about society but you know both of us we have this drive to be out in the wild and be uncomfortable because there is this pleasure that comes from meeting your <laughs> needs on your own <laughs> hacking them out of the wild. And I'm not talking about like when your kids are playing Minecraft and (laughs) hacking apart the blocks and meeting their needs. No, you got to really do it out there. You got to really do it.
1: Yeah. And there is, there are moments in time when you've developed some of these skills and you've worked on them and you go set yourself up a bushcraft shelter and you have a water source and you got traps set out. You've been fed. You're still hungry and a little uncomfortable, but like you're just, to where you're on the edge of like sustainable living. And then you wake up in the morning cold. And that sun is hitting the side of the hill that you're on. And you've figured out enough things that you don't have anything to do immediately that morning.
0: Oh, that's, the, that's just nice right there. The
1: the chemical release in your brain. of yeah. Finding a way to be comfortable out there. And being able to enjoy the environment. Rather than having it kick your ass day in and day out. Is
0: just unreal yep absolutely and and a lot of that too comes down to again that (laughs) mindset man that survival mindset of positivity enjoying those little things those little moments when when you've had failures and then successes because if you don't quit with the failures and by the way folks man lady just killed it you couldn't have heard it but man that dog just killed us we are in a little room Oh, it's like a gas prison out. cell, gas gas gas, 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 right there. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But, you know, you've got to keep that strong mindset, that positivity mindset. I mean, ask yourselves, you know, as you're sitting here listening to this, when was the last time that you actually went out and put yourself out of your comfort zone and did a hard thing? Like, what, what was that for you? You know, what was your mindset during that? Or what happened when your boss is screaming you at work or you've got deadlines to meet, you know, you got to ask, are you a positive person? Can you take that adversity and, and run with it, you know? Well, in the the little victories, because when you're out there and you're
1: hungry and you prioritize correctly, you're going to be hungry yeah, you for are. a while. You are. And you're going to deal with that. And then you get a rabbit and you saw a deer earlier and couldn't get anywhere close to it because you smell like the backside of a hog right now. And <laughs> you were, you know, he wasn't downwind from you. So you're upset because you just got a rabbit and that's it. But like getting any kind of food at all or finding that water source and just having the moment of like, hell yes. This is, you know, and enjoying the little victories. It's a positive mindset, but it puts you in a positive mindset. Recognizing little victories. And there's so many mental skills that you'll learn from dealing with hard stuff like
0: that that will make your day-to-day life so much more bearable well you know one of those things too that i find when i'm out there is that the skill set that i've spent my lifetime building it makes me so much more comfortable you know that's why practice is so much more important because i know that to a degree no matter whether i'm you know down in the sonoran desert if i'm up in the temperate rainforest if i'm out in the high desert or if i'm stuck up in the alpine zone and i got to escape i got tools in my bag and those tools, yeah, there's my physical kit that I carry with me all the time. But they're in my head. I've trained them enough that I know them. You know, it's, I don't have to rack my brain for them. Which gets harder the more hungry and thirsty yeah. you get. Because you start getting wonky. <laughs> to draw on your memory gets real difficult. But, I mean,
1: for the people listening to this who want to learn wilderness skills, they're like, okay, these guys are not sugarcoating it. They're telling us. For anyone who might be listening, it's like, these guys are crazy. Why would I even try this? Just think about this time. Next time you get a uh, a chance to go on a vacation or something like that, imagine if you went to a place that's better than your current day-to-day life and then you have to come back from it. How are you going to feel? Or imagine going somewhere after practicing skills and it's hard and it's difficult, but when you get home, you're proud of yourself. Yeah you respect yourself just a little bit more. That's a lot better than coming back to, oh, the house is still dirty. I still got to go to work. I still got deadlines. My boss is still a jerk. Like, you know, people go on these vacations and it's happy for a little time and they're less happy when they get back from them. Yeah, absolutely. You start taking trips like this and you come back and you're like, I got my ass kicked, but I kicked
0: some ass. Yeah, I'm right. I mean, that's why being um, a man of the wilderness... You know, or a woman of the wilderness, if you're a woman <clears throat> listening to this podcast, um, it's, it's, it's something you carry with you out throughout your entire day. Mm-hmm. You know, whether you're in the wild or not, you have that confidence that helps to set you apart from the masses. Because let's face it, folks, we all know people that if shit hit the fan, they might be coming to you. Or if they were out in the woods, they wouldn't survive. And that's, I always call the wilderness the real world. That's the real world out there. It's harsh, dangerous. Yeah, not these cultivated
1: concrete micro ecosystems that we've created that have heaters and air conditioners and cars so we don't have to walk and buses in case we really, really don't want to walk. And, you know, it just everything is catered to us. And some things are difficult about it. And there's a lot of stress involved with it. But so much of it is catered to you. Making your way in a place that does not care if you're there or not, that does yep. not care if you live or die, is mentally one of the best things you can do for yourself, especially as an adult.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it dealing, if you're someone that deals with depression or anxiety, I mean, learning these things and becoming confident in yourself, it's just the benefits are exponential and just, and they're different for everybody. But they reach into all aspects of your life, you know. And that's why wilderness survival is such a good thing to go out, spend your time learning the skills to do. And, you guys, it's great to watch YouTube. It's great to read books. That's how a lot of us started or get information or new ideas. But it's there's a benefit to going out and finding people who are experienced in this, who have either been in survival situations and found out, like, hey, I want to help others you know avoid the pitfalls that I was in or people that are just like us like who are just into this and men to our whole lives and we want to share that with people. You know that's those are the sources that you're going to learn the most. At least that's how I have learning from my mentors.
1: Oh yeah and I like I'm still learning from Bear. I still am reading books on bushcraft and survival stuff, books I haven't touched People do things a lot of different ways, especially yeah, in a lot of different countries yep. or even just different terrain, yep. you know, down on the plains versus up here in the hills versus oh, yeah. on a coast somewhere yep. It in a desert. I can't stand the desert. Oh, I, I yeah. run real hot, I, so I can't oh. stand the desert. But there's so many different things to learn from and you can take it and say, oh, well, that applies to the desert for this reason, but it might apply here. Yep. And if you're out there, working on your skills spend a weekend just having fun and at a campsite instead of buying fire starter or lighter fluid you bust your own flames yeah or you know you just do things in a safe environment still out in the wilderness but to train you can try out different ideas and like yeah. oh i read this in a book i want to see how well it works and once you realize how hard it is you might be tempted to give it up, but you're there for a weekend with your kids and your wife or your husband and your kids or whatever's going on. And you're like, well, they want to go down and go fishing or they want to go swimming or they want to go hiking. But when you're back at night and someone else is cooking, try them out. Bust a fire. And once you Use get their skills rod. down, you'll be sitting next to people in fifth wheel campers who have you know, a dish hooked up on the side of their camper or whatever, and you're busting a flame and you may feel a little silly, but when you get it, like there is validation in your effort, in your time put in. And these are skills that give back based on how much time you put in and how much effort you put in, not based on, Oh, this guy likes me. So he's going to promote me or office politics or whatever you're dealing with right now. There's so much red tape in the world and, these skills don't have that. You either put in the work and you learn it or you don't. And once you do learn it, it's very rewarding. Oh, absolutely. Work. Absolutely.
0: You're, you're you're hitting right on the nail on the head there, right? You know, I want to kind of rewind a little bit here. You're talking about the desert. Oh, man, <laughs> oh the heat, man. Oh, so I spent a few years. Worst. Oh, yeah. I spent a few years living outside of Tucson in the desert, in the bush. And let me tell you. That is miserable. I'm glad that I practiced my skills and I lived down there, but I mean, I don't even like visiting down there anymore.
1: You're glad now, Mm -hmm. in the moment, you just like. In the moment, you know, but I mean,
0: everything, I always say in the desert, especially down south in the Sonoran area, um, everything wants to kill you. The bugs want to kill you, the wildlife wants to kill you, the plants want to kill you, the sun wants to kill you, the cold wants to kill you, and then you have all the really angry people down there that want to kill you too because heat makes (laughs) me crazy. It makes me crazy.
1: Yeah, up here it's things with sharp teeth and the weather.
0: Yeah. Everything else is
1: relatively soft. Absolutely. You know, in the desert it's just, it's. The world's
0: just throwing rocks at you constantly while you sit there and get more hungry. Yeah. Oh, and I've been hungry. I've eaten some nasty things down there, man. (laughs) tell you, you're glad when you come across a rattler down there. (laughs) Absolutely. You know, one thing, too, is, you know, so teaching, if you, for instance, you come and you take a class with us, you know, we're going to teach you wilderness survival in our basic course. And it's going to teach you the tools that you need to survive the situation you're in and get rescued. Or be able to get out on your own, you know, of your, of your own, on your own two feet, if you have to. But there's a difference. You know, um, one of the things I pride myself on is being able to go out into the wilderness for extended periods of time on my own. get past the survival aspect of it and get into that where I'm building comfort. Uh, right? The long-term wilderness living. And when it's when you have a day job... And you get enough
1: time, and this is what you want to do with your time. You go out there and you spend enough time to get there. About the time you hit that comfort zone, you got to go back to work. Yeah, you do. It's the worst,
0: but getting to that point is... Oh my God! Yeah, man. There's like, for instance, having a really bomb shelter. I'm talking the wind's not coming through. Yeah, you got a nice little fireplace set up inside to cook in, and you got a nice little bed made. And the you're, rain's you're running co- off of it. your bed's soft. Yeah. Oh. yeah. you might have skinned up a couple mice that you you know yep. you captured there, and in your pitfall, dead traps, whatever. Mm. You know, it's there's that's nice, and you know, you can go out in the wild. When you know these basic skills, and then you practice them long enough, and you realize that the the men of antiquity, they used to do that, man. That's why I love the mountain men. Yeah. Mountain men era, incredible. You know, I look around here in these mountains that I live in and, and that we live in, and I just think about, you know, all the trappers that came out here uh, for the fur trade and how, I mean, a lot of them were getting assistance from the natives um, if they were lucky. But, I mean, a lot of men died, but... <laughs> There yeah, was a lot of famous ones. Before they, they
1: got where it. they were going, they didn't hit that last gas station at the offering. <laughs> no, You know, there, there was nothing in the trip out here to get where they were going. Survival skills the whole way.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, absolutely, absolutely, man. So impressive. Well, that's why, you know, it, learning to use the bow, you know, um, learning to use a spear, flint napping, making your own primitive weapons. Those skills are great. But then at the same time, you know, I don't go out into the wilderness without a modern firearm. I just don't do it, you know, yeah. and I, 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 I'm, you know, maybe it's because, you know, I'm ex-military. I love carrying more ammunition than I'm going to need for any situation <laughs> for the next week. But, uh, oh. this is what I do. And, you know, black powder, for instance, man, I love black powder. Oh yeah. Oh man. My, I love black powder weapons, but I'd like to think that we can teach you to learn the necessities to survive your situation, get rescued or escape and <clears throat> also take those and further your education. Learn to do that long-term survival out there. Hack it out in the wilderness. Well, and the other thing you're going to run
1: into if you're out there for an extended period of time is your humanity. <laughs> do I do this or do I not do this? Yep. This will help me survive. Does it make me less of a person? Yep. Does it make me a bad person? Yep. Those those things you'll you'll run into... And I've been doing it long enough. I've just got a hard and fast rule. If it's for survival, I'm doing it. Yeah. Period. But there's a lot of people that things still bug. And I think it's that. Just not being used to being that uncomfortable. Yeah. Because you're going
0: to have to be a little uncomfortable with what you're willing to do to survive. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, when we go out hiking or climbing or we're out hunting, you know, there is that whole idea of the leave no trace ethics. right? Right. And it's about respecting the land. It's about... Leaving it for future generations in a pristine condition, and we do those things. I'm passionate about it. You know, you know yes, I'm. I'm super I am passionate. Fully aware. <laughs> mm. I mean, I get I get a little crazy about it. You know, if if it's not a survival situation, you better not be cutting down those down trees or you know leaving scars on the landscape that are going to be there for an eternity. Um, you know, for others to come across because I love going into pristine places. Oh yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I love to go out there and not see. Johnny and Sally's name carved into a heart when I know they broke up two yeah. weeks later, you know? Yeah. It just, or it Sally's shit pile, which is usually sitting there next to
0: it yeah. on the surface. Or walking down a trail and there's a pile of shit and toilet paper because someone couldn't step off 100 yards yep. and dig a cat hole, you know? But in a survival situation, you guys, um, all that shit goes out the window for me. I don't but The I don't switch care. gets flipped. It does. It's like I need to be alive to go home.
1: Yep. And if I'm alive to go home, I, I mean, we're a little bit of over the top wilderness guys. Yep. So if I'm alive and I go home, you better believe I'm going to go back out there yeah. and I'm going to be like, I left this, I yeah. did that. I'm going to go and make amends as much as I can, mm-hmm. but in survival situation, you know, I'm going to do, and well, and the ethics side of it, what I was getting more into is that old question. If you're on a frozen mountain somewhere and one of your party dies, what do you do? And everybody's got different answers. I
0: thought you were going Donner Party with this. Oh, yeah. I thought oh, you yeah. were. <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: You know, you
0: know. Or that movie Alive, man. Those poor, oh, poor yep. dudes that crashed were in the Himalayas. Yep. I can't remember. Uh-huh. And they had to eat each other, you know, and that's that's a crazy thing, you know. God, cannibalism. That's a, that's a hard line to cross. It's a hard, that's a hard subject to tackle. I mean, yeah, and we might not want to get all. All the way into that. but I think that's for another podcast. Yeah. Because yeah. I think we'll that just, there's something we'll about, about
1: that. And it's a very in-depth... Because it's, it's mental. It's also the way your body responds to it. And your body responds in accordance with some of your issues and doubts with it. And then there's also, like, how far do you take it? Yeah.
0: So we can get... Oh, all yeah, over into that. But. You know, it's like you know, you look at all the. But um, maybe I'm trying to go off too far into this because you start talking about cannibalism. I'm like, ah, oh, let's dive into history here. Yeah, <laughs> first like, podcast. Let's look at the, cannibalism. Yeah, like, let's look at the 14th century. And yeah. the, you know what I mean? The Black Plague and uh, the, what was uh, it? The uh, the Great Famine of 1314, oh, okay. 1315.
1: Okay, right. There's so much we could cover. Let's get back into just
0: like <laughs> ethical yeah. wilderness survival, as far as like what we do. Well, you know, Trent, you brought up a really good point is that in the survival situation, you're going to build shelters. You're going to be, you know, leaving your mark because you're trying to make yourself (laughs) as comfortable for survival. Um, But once you're out of it, going back and doing the reclamation work and cleaning up your site. And and I I can tell you from I, I just recently I was in a survival situation two years ago where I got stuck in a snowstorm up in the mountains out here. And uh, had to build an emergency survival shelter. I mean, I had to purify water. Food wasn't an option for that. I was very, very hungry, and I was also taking care of another person during this incident. And it was one of those things where I went back to do a little, little reclamation. And it's kind of um, it's it's an interesting attachment. You go back and you look at it, and you know, yes, it was an easy hike from the from the rig to go out there um, in the middle of the summer. But man, winter and snow—that was that was hell right yep. there. It was hell. But standing back at that place, looking around, I felt a sense of accomplishment that was just extremely powerful. Really well,
1: powerful. And part of yourself doesn't want to do the reclamation work. No, because that's that is a mentality and life-altering moment Absolutely. in a person's life when they're like, if I don't do these things and do them well enough. I'm going to die out here. Yeah. And then you do succeed. Going back there, it's like, ah, I don't want to, like, this is where I made that step. You know, you don't want to
0: change it. That's right. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's sentimental. Yeah. It's the sentimentality of it all, you know, but that's the important thing. But, you know, again, that's why I like teaching the ethics of it. Because I want people to leave. I I mean, I want my great-great-grandchildren, even though I don't believe this might be possible anymore, the state of the world. (laughs) Who knows? Actually, maybe go the other way. We'll be in the Dark Ages soon. Yeah. Thanks to EMPs or whatever, we'll see what happens. Again, that's another topic, I think. Conspiracies. Conspiracies. Oh, I love my conspiracies. Oh, nowadays, it's not conspiracy, man. okay. It's coming out Fair enough. Fair enough. But, you know, so there's a lot to it. There's there's so much to being out in the wild and taking care of it. And, like I said, it, it goes out the window for survival. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: I'm going to be alive to come back. Yeah. That's, that's my whole mindset. And if I die, they can see all the work I put in trying to get back to them. Yeah. Absolutely. (laughs) Once they find me, man,
0: for sure. You know, one of the things too, um, especially when we're in places like the Rocky mountains, we have a lot of predators out here and being out in the wild. um, And this is why I always carry a weapon on me when I'm out there. Whether uh, it's, you know, an AR, because yes, ARs are for hunting. Yeah. I'm just going to say that, and I'll say it again a million times. Uh, but, you know, whether it's a, you know, sidearm or a, or a rifle, I'm going to carry something out there. Because animals, man, they're they're a real deal. Yeah. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I have run across, you know, bears out here. Now, black bears, right? People think, oh, you know, they're skittish. No, man, a black bear's going it, to, it'll still eat you. Yeah, it will. It'll, it'll it still will, eat you. It's still a bear.
1: Well, yep. and... For me, being where I'm from, not having to deal with predators in all of the places that I've gone that have predators, it's been a new experience for me, Mm -hmm. but there has been an ethical element to those interactions. It's like, okay, I'm scared because I'm hungry, because I'm cold, because I'm stressed, because my life doesn't feel stable right now, but if I shoot this animal, is it useless, yeah do i need it am i going to carry it all back right will i be able to get it where i need to go am i just out exploring to find a better water source or am i needing food right now you know and you're going to be worried anytime you run into a mountain lion on a trail oh yeah it's going to freak you out and they're going to be defensive but can i back off and they're like okay now he's leaving my area or is this cat going to follow me and i need to put it down you know So there is also an ethical element that's, it's hard to keep in your mind when you're hungry and you're scared, but it is a big thing to me. Also, once someone in a survival situation who's not used to it becomes capable through tools or whatever it might be of now hunting, Mm -hmm. excessive hunting, yeah, leaving parts of animals, leaving half an animal, taking a haunch or two and that's it. Yeah, Like that, I also take issue with i understand yeah. it's survival and we just said everything goes out the window but like you if you're stuck out there for a longer time you think you'll be you're gonna want that herd to still be there yeah and the other part is like
0: don't do it well you don't need and you don't, and, to and you do don't waste shit I mean, that this is one of the reasons that you know you come hang out with us. We're going to teach you meat preservation. Yep. We're going to show you how to preserve yep. every piece. We're going to take you and we're going to teach you how to, to get the sinew that you need to make all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no part of the animal that you should be wasting in a survival situation. You know, it's um, it's always sad when people do that. You know, it's especially when you have a poacher out there who might just be going for a trophy piece. Mm-hmm. You know, it's they just, just want the hit. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: But that's what I'm saying. Like it's it's hard. For people unused to it to not be wasteful yep. when they like are just not being used to it. Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. And
0: overcompensating because yeah. of their fear of hunger and that stuff. I think that one of the things when you become a skilled woodsman is that you also have the skills to avoid those unnecessary encounters with <laughs> yep. these animals. Um, it, now, I have been surprised by a black bear before okay i I had that happen and it's it's a scary thing but nothing bad came of the situation um was able to keep my cool and keep my dog you know from freaking out actually he's the one that alerted me to it oh Uh, you know odin passed away quite a few years ago but he used to travel with me through the wilderness all the time and you know it's kind of related story uh one morning i wake up and i i'm actually out i'm out camping and i'm with a bunch of buddies and we're hanging out, having a good time, and of course, doing what buddies do when they're hanging out in the wilderness. And you know, and but I got to go out, and I got to, I got to do that human nature thing. I got to take a shit. So I go out and I find this big cliff, and <laughs> I'm sitting there looking at it, and I'm getting ready to do my business. And all of a sudden, I look over, and I'm right next to this big log. I mean, this is up, this is up in Oregon. This log was about, you know, I, I was squatting down, and the thing was over my head, and it was already dead and down. And I see my dog Odin laying there flat on the ground, shaking. Just shaking ears back. Just, I'm like, what the hell? I peek up and look over this log, and five feet from me is this big black bear, a big boy, just lumbering along. Looks over at me, and I just stay perfectly still. And it stops, <clears throat> and then it just kind of meandered back on. But, you know, you got to keep it cool. you got to keep it cool. Mm-hmm. It's really important. But what I'm trying to say is that as you move on and you get better at these skills... You learn to avoid those situations. You know? Yeah. You see, you know, you're not walking up and trying to pet a damn elk. You know what I mean? It, the, the rule of thumbs. And the rule of thumbs are, if you can hold your hand out in your full extension, put that your thumb over that animal. If you can see any piece of that animal, you're, you're too close. Yeah, you're probably too close. You're too close. Yep. You
1: know, back off. <laughs> well, yeah, and the other thing is, that's camping with buddies, probably hanging out, spending most of your time in the camp area, except for when yep. you're going out, whether you're hunting or whatever yep. it is. When you're doing survival, you're going to be, wherever you set your shelter up, all around that. You're going to be making loops bigger and bigger and finding resources and stuff like that. And you're at some point going to come across, and this is where tracking comes in, come across tracks, uh, scat, see how recently fresh stuff is. Um, And you're going to understand when you're in an animal's range. Oh, absolutely. Doing the survival stuff. Absolutely.
0: (coughs) Being animal aware is extremely important. And guess what, folks? That's a skill you gotta practice. Tracking does not come natural. You gotta sit down. You gotta learn what tracks look like. Learn what gates are. You have gotta see where their environments are. Where they bed down. You know what what something looks like at certain decay points. You know, make yourself um, you know a scat board. Yeah, I love yep. scat, scat boards. Scat boards are important. This is one of the things that you know I'm big on teaching. Is go out, find some fresh scat, put it on a board, watch that thing decay over couple of weeks, two weeks, watch what happens to it. So you can learn, you know, how long ago that animal was there. How long does it take for that, you know, for those deer pellets to get rock hard, you know, or turn to dust. Well, yeah. And then uh, when you're going to go
1: out somewhere in the wilderness, understanding the wildlife that's there and checking out their ranges. Yeah. Understanding the immense size of a mountain lion's range. Yeah. Before you go out there. Like, he may have been there two days ago. But that probably means he won't be back for weeks. Yeah. You know. They, he might have been there five hours ago. Yeah, exactly. And he's not coming back for a while. Exactly. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, you're out in the wilderness. It's not your home. It's their home. Yeah. And especially with predators, if you get to the point where you're trapping or hunting, if you're not dealing with the remains well, you're sticking your hand in their fridge without asking permission. And you're letting them know. Yeah. By leaving stuff out. So you need... I think you will just through your normal movements, or at least we would and anyone who takes our classes would get to that point. um, You'll understand you're in their range, and there are extra precautions you should take anyways. Some people are a little lazy about it, but you have to take when you're for sure in a a predator's range because, I mean, that's – smell so much better than us so much better than dogs do they'll come from so far away to find some dead and down game yeah um especially once you have to skin it and get the meat off it there's going to be blood there's no two ways around it you can try to keep as much inside the cavity as possible but like you are ringing a dinner bell um if you don't take the right steps well that's why you also don't keep
0: your food anywhere near your damn camp (laughs) ever ever (laughs) i mean and how many how many times have you been out in the wild or out where people are camping And you know they've got their coolers maybe in their truck. How stupid is that, man? I mean that's how you get the inside of your rig tore to pieces. But even worse, if you're in a survival situation and you've got yourself a nice little shelter, I understand. That if you at that point you you're set up to the point where you're hunting and you've got food and you know you've processed it and you're preserving it you want it next to you because you want to eat you don't want to no. have to get up and walk two hundred yards away too bad too bad get out and you walk. got to and do it
1: Yeah. yeah that uh, I mean the job that Bear and I worked together and where we met each other um we were teaching some outdoor skills but it was with kids yeah teenagers yeah and the amount of kids. They call it gork, good old raisins and peanuts, yeah, yeah. or their jars of peanut butter. I would hear some noise in the middle of the night, get up and I'd walk around checking on people, and they're eating peanut butter, Yeah, which smells so good to a bear, yep. just laying there in their bed. What are you doing? Don't, don't eat in your You're bed, You're about to man. bring a bear yes. into our whole ca- Yeah, and the other thing, you eat in your bed, I don't care if it's dried meat or it's chips. Yeah. You're leaving crumbs.
0: Yep. And the, the smell is staying there. Yeah. So, don't eat in your bed. Yeah, the gist is... Just keep the food away from your damn survival shelter. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to survive, don't do it. Especially if you're in like, you know, grizzly country up north. Because, I mean, the grizzes, they're mean. Then they oh, yeah. will go for your food and then they'll try to eat you too. It's just going to yeah. happen. If you don't believe me, get on YouTube. Check it out. Yeah, no kidding. You know? It's just, yeah, that's another thing. People
1: think one fire is the only way to go. Yeah. If you get to the point where you're, you have food, cook away from your camp. I know you got a fire there for heat and hopefully to keep animals away, but you don't need to be cooking there. You don't need to be roasting meat, which smells
0: delicious,
1: right next to your bed.
0: Yeah, your cook site needs to be away from your food site, and then it needs to be away from your shelter site where you're sleeping at night so you can be safe. In
1: general, for myself, I'm not 100% sure if this is how Bear does it, but I set up a triangle. You know, like comfortable yep. ways to go where i've got my fire and i've got
0: food storage and i've got my camp and none of them are in the same area yep absolutely that that's the one of the best rules to maintain and it's one of those things that's a hard thing to do it because is. you're breaking your comfort zone yeah walking
1: yeah. when it's cold yeah it sucks yep and you're hungry you wake up hungry and you're like oh i need some water and the river's water is ice cold and my food's going to be ice cold yep but you got to do it because you want to stay alive
0: Well, everybody, we hope that you guys have enjoyed hanging out with us here. This is the first of what's going to be many podcasts on wilderness survival, uh, life skills out there, and just general mayhem of the wilderness. So check us out. Our website's going to be dropping here pretty soon, hopefully here in January. Um, Other than that, check us out on Facebook. And, of course, subscribe to our podcast. Let us know what you think. Um, If you guys have a chance, go ahead, email us. We'd love to hear your questions, comments, that kind of stuff. Trent, anything for them?
1: Yeah, guys, any topics you want us to hit, please reach out. I mean, we will cover everything we can think of, but there's bound to be things we miss. So please reach out to us. Let us know what you want to hear about and uh, if you want to support the podcast that'd be awesome but be in touch with us I Yeah, mean, this is for people who we want to come to our class or who've been or who've been to other classes and want to know a little more
0: so. yeah we're all about sharing our knowledge guys and uh you know we have a plethora of things that we are skilled at and just wanted to share because i'm telling you we want you to survive we don't want you to die so remember going in the woods Just keep your head on you and learn some skills. Be ready. This is cold in them hills. All
1: right. Bear out.